Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. Diane, Sarah, how are you both doing on this fine Friday? You know, blue sky, it's gorgeous. Happy Happy Friday. Friday. Happy Friday. It's a Friday. That's a good thing. That's a good start, right? That's always a good start to the day. It's a very (laughs) good start. Well, today we're really excited because we're talking to CBD companies and really any company, even uh, any municipality, any group, any nonprofit, um, about why we fail to plan. Right? What's that military phrase? You can fit. You can um, fail to plan is to plan to fail. Right. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And by the end of this episode, you will be able to explain a term called normalcy bias, uh, which has some really interesting research behind it. What it means and how you can overcome it as a CBD business owner to protect your company. I think this is so important because. You know, when we start talking about any type of disaster planning, I just watch our clients' eyes glaze over. And now I understand more about why that happens. So that's what we want to talk about. We're going to break this down into many conversations. Um, first, you're going to learn why we fail to prepare for disasters and how timely is that. And when we think about the disaster last week at the U.S. Capitol, uh, then you'll get strategies so that you can have the most positive outcome when a disaster strikes. And finally, we're going to do a deep dive into five things that you can do to protect your brand, really no matter what the disaster is. And I think that's key. So if you're joining us live today, we want to know, do you have a crisis plan? And if you don't, tell us in the comments why you don't have a crisis plan. And that's something that we can visit your comments as they continue to come in and as we continue our live broadcast. We also have our free downloadable one sheet, and it's going to be our five-step crisis outline. So make sure to get that. The blog is going to go live. Uh, I have it scheduled for 1235. So you'll be able to get that. Just log on to our website, and I'll drop the link here into the um, the, co- the live post as well to make it really easy for you. But it's really a great strategy document to really get your thoughts in line to you know who you need to have on your um, your your crisis committee, we'll call it, and what steps you can take before something happens so that you can execute and uh, potentially save yourself 
quite a bit of headache in the future. Well, and as Diane mentioned, um, what got us thinking about this is the incident at the U.S. Capitol last week. Um, and then the fallout from it, as we've seen, um, and, and there's much more information to, to come out of that. Obviously, that will change over time. But what we're seeing is really that there was a lack of planning. There was a, a, um, a lack of preparedness for the situation as it unfolded. Um, and so that got us thinking about crisis plans um, for our clients um, and really brings up the question, when you're faced with a crisis like that, would planning have helped? Yeah, I think it's so interesting because, you know, there's a lot of looking into what they did or didn't do. But we were sitting here going, the why is the really more important part. Why didn't they do it? And, and it was also interesting when I was talking to some colleagues this week, some peers, um, with all the crazy things that have happened in 2020, one of them said to me, does it even make sense to do any planning? You know, it sounds like it's a waste of time. It's a lot of hard work because without a crystal ball, how the heck do you know what to plan for? And uh, I think we have the answer to that. Right, right, Jordan? Yeah, this just goes right back to our roots. All three of us, former journalists, we've worked in local news. We've worked in network news, some of us. And, you know, the one thing that we all have in common is the crises that we've handled in the past, whether it's covering it on Diane, Sarah, your side, on the news side, on my side, the weather side. It's how do you plan for that crisis? And, you know, when you flip the script and you're looking at something through the eyes of media, like we often do for our clients, that's the one thing that we fall back on is we ask that question of, could we have planned something better? Could you have planned something better? And that's the same thing that we're seeing unfold with the disaster that happened at the Capitol last week. Well, and as I mentioned, and as we all know, you know, as more information comes out about this situation, it'll, it'll get clarified and there's so much more to come. Um, but really what we want to get into is what appears to be, um, as experts have said, there was a lack of planning. Um, there was a real fear of overstepping boundaries, of being too intrusive. Um, you know, this is the people's house. And obviously, they wanted to be very, very careful to not have just such a, a huge military presence. Um, there were confusing layers of leadership. If you've heard, there were, I don't know, it's like five or six or seven different um, policing agencies uh, with various levels of responsibility. So it was a very, very confusing um, situation to start with, just in terms of the, the layout before anything happened. But Diane, um, you know, as we've mentioned, there's this thing with some research that I think will really shed some light onto the why. Um, and it's something that we all suffer from, or most of us suffer from. And you've got such an, an incredible um, story about your experience of living through 9-11 in New York City. Right. It's, you know, it's very interesting because um, I was scheduled to make a presentation at 11 o'clock on 9-11. And I was there with my seven-year-old son and my mom, who was 60-something, who had just had major heart surgery when the planes crashed into the World Trade Center. And I thought about that when this colleague of mine said, does it make any sense to plan when, you know, you don't know what's going to happen? It could be something out of the blue. Well, that was truly out of the blue. And certainly when those buildings came down, mm -hmm. you know, the, the planes crashing in 
to the World Trade Center, um, having worked at NBC News in New York, that was something that we did plan for because of the height of the buildings. So not that a 740, you know, not that the not that the the huge planes, the passenger planes were going to, but we we planned for a plane crash in there just because the likelihood, but the type of crash, the 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 two planes, the and then the buildings coming down, especially I would say the buildings coming down, that's mm-hmm. when you just shook your head because who had ever thought about anything? But I because of my journalism background, knew what steps had to be taken first. One, we got cash. We called my dad and said, call the bank and let them take, let us allow, allow us to take more money out of the ATM than that um, $200 limit. We got cash, we got water, we got food, and we figured out transportation. So when you start working, I think it helps with this, what they call normalcy bias, because you're moving forward. And also because my life as a journalist was covering disasters. So having in my head, these are the steps I got to go through, made a huge difference. And for our CBD business owners, we're going to help you with the same type of steps so that you can start moving in the right direction. Because then as things happen, you can react, but you're moving forward and being proactive at the same time. Well, and this is that kind of experience, that kind of um, journalism background is what helped us on um, a project with us when we got the call from a, a city here in Colorado. Um, this was a national award-winning crisis project, planning project. Um, the city called and said, this fringe um, group that's known for hate speech is gonna pick it outside of our small high school. It's really upsetting to the students, to the community, to the parents. Um, we're really worried about violence. We're really worried about, um, you know, overstepping on free speech rights. And on, I mean, is a, again, a very, very complicated situation with multiple layers of um, authority for different elements in it. And we stepped in to help manage this event. And our planning um, included all of the different things that could go wrong, including, you know, things that the group said, oh, we just don't think that's going to happen. We said, you know what, let's go ahead and think, let's do an if then, you know, let's not go too far into it, but let's do an if then, if this happens, then here's the response. And we walked through the response with every layer of um, leadership. So some were in charge of the the school and some were in charge of police and some were in charge of um, district and some were in charge of, uh, of legal and, and, public outreach. So there were multiple, multiple layers. And just doing that if-then scenario um, allowed everybody on the team to say, okay, I've got it. And here's exactly what I'm going to do according to my area of of, uh, responsibility. And that went such a long way to everyone feeling to just taking the temperature down. And everybody felt like, okay, We've got a plan for the most um, uh, simple, straightforward thing that might happen. And then we've got a plan for the most extreme thing that might happen. And, you know, they you didn't have to think about it. And guess what? It was simple and straightforward and clean and, um, you know, very one, two, three. And that was the best possible outcome for that particular crisis project that we worked on.
but you had a plan and that's definitely the point and hindsight is always going to be 2020 and nobody has that crystal ball that diane you alluded to at the the top of our podcast here but we want to hear from you you know when was a time that something popped up whether it was really big and impactful to your business or brand or maybe something that was small but at the end of the day you felt totally unprepared for it we want you to tell us about that in the comments and then we want you to visit mnccommunications.com go over to our move the stairs blog section at 1235 we'll have this latest blog up and you can download for free our five-step crisis outline sheet so that when the monster comes out of the closet as you can see in that picture <laughs> You're not going to be diving under the bed. You're going to be ready to fight the monster off and have all the tools for success and move the stairs. And Diane, what, what is move the stairs for our first time listeners? Well, move the stairs basically means looking at whatever life gives you, whatever, whether it's a crisis or it's great stuff. But whatever your challenges are, whatever your issues are, really looking at what is presented to you and how you can make the most of that situation, which without thinking, if only... So not if then, but if only something else were different, if only I had this, if only I had that, but really focusing in and looking for those opportunities, because that's how you move the stairs. That's how when, you know, you walk into a room and there's somebody up on a podium and you want to talk to them, but the stairs lead to your competition. You go over, you unhook the stairs and you put them on your side where they lead to you. That's the key to moving the stairs. The other thing, Jordan, I want you to know um, is that people can go to movethestairs.com, which is an even easier thing to remember, um, and they're going to get to our website that way too. So just remember, move the stairs. We try to do it in everything that we do in our personal lives as well as at MNC Communications. Well, and all through January, we are talking about your public relations fitness, fitness for your CBD business. So we're talking about exercising and, and weightlifting and aerobics and, you know, all of the things that we're all trying to do in our personal lives, right? And so here's a new term that we're going to add to our kind of, this is our, our weightlifting, you know, strength building workout. And that's this term you've heard a couple of times called normalcy bias. And fighting against normalcy bias by planning for likely crisis scenarios or even unlikely crisis scenarios right. is going to flex your most important muscle, which is your brain, right? your, your brain. That's what's going to get you out of um, all of the, the fixes that you might end up in. And, you know, if if you engage your brain to think about a crisis and to have a set of tactics um, doesn't have to be a full, complete 45-page annotated plan. Just if then will get you so much further down the road. Um, and if you will understand normalcy bias and why we fail to plan for disasters, um, what will happen if we aren't prepared for them? You're you're going to be in a much better place to understand why this type of disaster preparedness is so important and really so much less painful than you think it might be. Right. And you're bringing up the example kind of on a larger scale, a business impacting crisis or a brand disaster. But in real life, this happens every day with, with mm -hmm. tiny minute thing. It, it It's, you know, 
um, it could be your gas tank on empty. And, you know, soon you're stressing out about, oh man, I knew I should have gotten gas, but I didn't, you know, think about it. And this is something that psychology today tells us 70% of people do often you, you experience what's called that normalcy bias. And the definition is when you continue to think that a normal outcome will occur, even though you're kind of getting some red flags saying that, hey, you might want to think about something. Or if you do think about it, your brain wants you to be in a spot where you're safe and you're okay. So your brain, it's your survival instinct saying that, you know, everything's going to be all right. Even if something bad does happen, it's not going to be that bad when and when it hits the fan, we know it can be that bad and then some, right? Well, and the other thing is, if you have a plan, then nine times out of 10, it's not going to be that bad, even if it happens. There's, you know, one of the things that I was taught a long time ago is just say, if you're worried about something, okay, what if the absolute worst happens? What would that be? And what would you do? And once you have your brain tuned that way, it's like, okay, I can handle this. I have a plan. That's what we're doing here. But with the normalcy bias, so many business owners are like, I don't even want to think about it. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. I don't want to think about it. Um, And for those that don't have normalcy bias, so 70% 70 of us have normalcy bias. 30% of us, this is even worse, I think, freak out. Okay, (laughs) so let's think about COVID and toilet paper, right? And right, toilet paper and what happened? Toilet paper. I still don't get the toilet paper thing, to be perfectly honest with you. But um, maybe that's because I've shopped at Costco for so long. I've always had because we're Costco gals, and we would never run out. It's not a question. But I would never hoard it. I would never go. I mean, we saw people coming out. Remember with six of those huge things of toilet paper, like we were never going to have toilet paper again, Uh, whatever. But what that does leave is 20% of us who can make level-headed decisions. So this isn't all our fault. I mean, true disasters are rare, although 2020, there were so many things that came at us. Um, It was you know, you have to have a strong sense that things are going to be normal and they're going to be okay, even when they go a little off kilter, because otherwise you're going to overreact and we don't want the catastrophic thinking, right? But what I find is even in 9-11, I knew people who in 9-11 went home and got in bed and literally did not get out of bed for three days, who lived down in that uh, financial area. Instead of saying, I got to get off the, this, I got to get out of Manhattan. I got to get my family out of Manhattan. I got to figure out what my next move is. They just went and they got in bed and they pulled the covers up. And that's the God's honest truth. I, I can see the person I'm thinking of right now. And she and her roommates, that's what they did. So the normalcy thing tends to, to, to shock us into not moving, not making a decision, being the deer in the headlights. And the only way that I have found to not be that way is to have already thought through a plan that there are steps that I can take no matter what. So no matter what the the situation is, and that's what we're going to talk about that. Um, But this type of exercise is so important for your CBD um, brand, your business brand protection. You work so hard for this business. You want to be able to sleep at night and feel good about it? 
but you also want to make sure that you are prepared. And that's what we're talking about today. Did I ever tell you either of you about the uh, the the great toilet paper outage in the the package that my fiance Ashley and I ordered and we got months later? No, because we, we were we were very close to running out. So she ordered some from Amazon and we had totally forgotten about it. And then one day we got a six pack of toilet paper delivered to the front door. And whereas a normal size of like Costco toilet paper would be like that big, these rolls were like that big. And it was just, <laughs> it was the funniest thing. And we still have it and we're not oh going gosh, to open you it. You couldn't even put be... them on the tourney thing in the bathroom. If they're I that know. <laughs> so it's going to be our little memento for remembering the toilet paper crisis of the <laughs> Toilet paper crisis. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell us about a time when you suffered from normalcy bias, and I want you to tell us if you were buying crazy things. That's right. During How much COVID, toilet paper did you really buy? Yeah. Let us know in the comments because <laughs> I'd love to know if somebody was buying up other stuff besides toilet paper. Were they hoarding like? You know, turmeric or something like that. Thinking, oh, <laughs> that would I be have more spaghetti noodles than I've ever seen in my entire life. I have no idea why. We don't even eat spaghetti, but we have the noodles. So. Well, you have noodles for the apocalypse. That's right. <laughs> now let's look ahead to next week for just a moment. And I want you to join us next week on Move the Stairs, where we're going to continue the CBD business fitness program. So come in your workout gear. And we're going to be moving toward the aerobic portion of your health and wellness program. And we're going to be focusing on the tools that can make a huge difference in your brand protection PR plan. And that's next week. If you have thoughts, questions, comments, post them. And uh, we'd love to talk about those next week. So the MNC brand protection tool is one of the things that will give you the exercises that you can use to really develop an effective brand disaster preparedness plan and help you become part of the 20% level-headed business owners who can protect your CBD business. So first you need to look at all the known threats against your CBD business. So I want you to make a list of everything you can come up with from the silliest little thing to major things. I want you to think about competition and what they could do that could cause you a disaster finances. So your business finances, but also if something happened in the industry, is there something that could happen? Let's say somebody puts out some CBD and heaven forbid somebody dies from it because I've had heavy metals in it or something, you know, something I, I want you to think out of the box. I want you to think about the leadership in your company. If you are the owner of your company and something happens to you, what's the plan? Um, and then I want you to go through and look at what is the most likely to happen in the next six months. Choose three. Um, and those top three are what you're going to start working on to have. Here are the steps that we need to go through. And speaking of those steps, no matter what your top three crisis are or crises would be, the first thing that you're going to do is determine who's in charge. Who's going to take point in the crisis? And that person is going to be your final decision maker for the next steps. You know, this is the person that signs off on step two, which is basic messaging. What's the statement acknowledging a problem? 
so that, you know, if you're getting those media inquiries, you're saying, yes, we absolutely understand this is happening. We feel for those who are impacted and we are working hard to get more information as quickly as we can. And we're going to have an update for you tomorrow morning during our 7 a.m. briefing. If you can have that person sign off on that messaging before it goes out and only have one person doing it, you're going to save yourself quite a bit of confusion. And, you know, confusion is really hard to root out, especially the larger company you are and the larger crisis you're facing. But if you can have that one person checking the box before anything gets released publicly, you're going to save yourself quite a bit of headaches down the road. So step three of this is looking at who are your best employees to handle the messaging? Are you looking at somebody specifically working with members of the media, whether that's television, radio, um, print from around the world, because obviously we have the internet. So you could have somebody checking in from the BBC in Europe, in um, Great Britain on a story if it's big enough. You're looking at somebody um, who's potentially managing an on-location scene. Where is the best place to stage media? Where's the safest place to stage media if you've had a, uh, a tragedy unfold that you're tackling? Um, if you're using Zoom, you know, what protections are you putting in place so that you know the people who are on a Zoom call with you are absolutely people, whether it's an internal conversation within your company who need to be there, or if it is with members of the media, what are you going to do so that people don't Zoom bomb your call um, and, you know, potentially fan the flames of an already explosive situation. So that's going to be step three. Step four, how are you releasing this information? I mentioned before how we want to have that one go-to point person, but you also want to be really careful about the media that you're using to do it. Now, all three of us being former journalists, uh, we use Twitter all the time. I live on Twitter. Um, it's my favorite social media platform because I can get anything I want from there, whether it's breaking news, I see it well before I see it on a, uh, uh, a particular media outlet's website, I see it on their Twitter feed, or if it's just leisure, but understand that a lot of the times media is going to go to your uh, social media Twitter feed first to see what's happening. Uh, to try to get that information. Go ahead, Sarah, jump in, please. And just a quick note on that. One of the things that that um, gets really overlooked in a, in a crisis situation is if you have social media content that is already scheduled. So, you know, say that there's some terrible event, um, you know, maybe it's a, a huge snowstorm that shut down the, the city and none of your employees can get into your CBD business and you have already scheduled stuff saying, hey, 20% off today, come on in, you know, ah, now you have compounded, um, you know, this, this um, problem. So make sure that in a crisis situation, you've got somebody who can say, oh, let me pause the social media posting that is going on and just make sure that anything that we already have scheduled uh, is appropriate to go out or gets, gets paused. Yeah, you know, we did. I did that for a client um, back in November who's, you know, we handle their social media accounts and an unfortunate, a, a simply tragic event unfolded and um, they, they wanted to post about it. So after we got the messaging cleared and got all of the OKs from the powers that be, I made sure that our originally scheduled content for that client was either pushed way down the list so that you didn't have this back to back posting of something that was really heartfelt and sincere 
And then, you know, what would be the status quo to make that that post that was sincere and heartfelt to come off as tone deaf? It's really right. something to be thinking about. And finally, step five is going to be how will you update the facts? Are you going to do it on the Twitter page? Are you going to hold press conferences? You have to make sure that the person who's running point on all of your information giving that spokesperson is the one who's briefing the press. And if you have to, Diane, we've talked about this in previous Move the Stairs. If it's important enough, you may have to have another person such as your CEO right. or a, um, a president of a company. If a tragedy is so serious, maybe it's them running lead when these new developments come out. Absolutely. And one of the things that we did for this award-winning crisis project that we did for a, a city here in Colorado, because there were First Amendment issues uh, involved and potential lawsuit issues, um, we had all of this crisis messaging prepared beforehand that we sent through the city attorney. In addition, the city attorney was there the entire event and everything that we wrote um, from a tiny little, you know, parking announcement to a, you know, here's the state of the situation went through that city attorney before it went anywhere. So that was just a, a, a really good way to make sure that everything was absolutely aligned with somebody who could say, yeah, we are right on point and we're not endangering or putting the city in a position where, um, you know, that there's a, a potential lawsuit out of this. So what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments. We've gone through this exercise, this fitness plan, um, and we wanna know how are you going to use this brand protection strategy? Um, and how are you gonna use the, the brand protection worksheet? What kind of crises, what kinds of potential things are you gonna be working on in the upcoming days and weeks? So I just wanna recap real quick what uh, we've talked about today why a crisis plan matters. And we know that from our journalistic background, from our PR background, having a plan and having steps to take can make all the difference in the world. Why we fail to plan for disasters, whether you fall into that 70% of the normalcy bias, or are you in the 30% of the freak out group? No, you wanna be in the 20%, right? And let's build that 20% of those people who really keep it together and have a plan and start moving. And then what are you going to do now so that you can choose those top three things that you want to go through and put just a basic plan. You want to have those steps so that no matter what happens, you can feel comfortable that you're going to have the best possible outcome and move the stairs. So thanks for joining us again this week for our Move the Stairs Friday chat. We're happy to help you, and we're here to help you protect your brand, build your business with strategic public relations, insider media relations, and of course, crisis communications, which we just talked about at length today. And we hope to see you again next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.